going, CJ? It's going all right, Warren. How are you? I'm well, very well, very well. Thanks for asking. Um, welcome to the Downer Front Podcast Last Call Edition. Here, what we did was try to give you uh, a last call, bit of an episode, just unedited, just to kind of hang out, talk about some stuff that we usually don't talk about. But I'm pretty sure for the next month. We only are going to be talking about a little bit more than a month. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we're only going to be talking about Game of Thrones on our last call segment. So we'll be releasing these with our other episodes. Uh, we have Hellboy coming up. We have Avengers and Endgame coming up. Bunch of good stuff. But tonight, we're only talking about Game of Thrones. And specifically, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 2, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. So super pumped to be talking about that. We usually skip the drinking and what else we've been watching and really get to the nitty gritty. So at first, and I want to say on the top, if you haven't seen the episode, we will be spoiling it and everything else in the Game of Thrones like series, lore, you name it, everything else we will be sort of spoiling. So keep that in mind uh, and uh, we're going to have some good time. So. Uh, I'm going to start by looking at a couple different things. You know, overall, we'll talk about our overall feelings of the episode. Uh, we'll talk about some of the ratings. I'm curious about that. I'll read a bit of an episode description before we get into talking about, you know, some of the characters, what actually went on in the episode, and some of the things that we're looking forward to for the next episode. So, before we begin, I want to introduce our very special guest again for the second time in the role ever. We've never had a guest show up back to back. Thanks so much, CJ, for coming, man. What's going on? Wow, going back to back. Uh, hopefully, that doesn't need to be copyrighted. Anyways, now we'll be good. We'll be good. Excited to be here. Um, really excited to talk about Game of Thrones again. I like feel like I can't talk about it enough. It's just like running my life at the moment. But really excited to be here. Good, good. I mean, it's always great to have you on, man. We're super pumped. Uh, yeah, so we know we talked a lot about it last week, so we're just going to get into uh, the nitty-gritty for right now. Um, a Night of the Seven Kingdoms, uh, talk about the episode summary from IMDb. The Battle of Winterfell is approaching. Jamie is confronted with the consequences of his past. A tense interaction between Sansa and Daenerys follows. I do not think that episode title or that description gives anything what happens in this in this show in this episode but that's okay um so uh, overall sort of the thing i did want to kind of mention is this season so far so we got episode one and that was pretty big and a lot of people felt like okay we just kind of want to wade through some of the slower parts and so that was graded in imdb at 8.6 we got episode two, um, so episode two definitely sort of felt like more like episode one. Um, maybe even people think that it's even worse than episode one, but episode two was actually graded at 8.9. Oh. So I'm curious to kind of hear your thoughts on these grades, because usually we never look at the grades. Uh, these are the only two episodes of the season that are under an hour. Um, so what do you think of the grades so far from episode one called Winterfeld and episode two, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms? Um, you know, I would say I'd have to definitely agree with that 8.9 mm -hmm. no, versus that 8.6 for episode one. Um, I thought A Night of the Seven Kingdoms was definitely a step up in terms of like way more emotion being brought, brought forth and then just like, mo like way more character development. I would say episode one was more of like, Hey, remember me? Oh, and like, oh, let's like, oh, good to see you again. Not really pushing along any like characters or any like plot lines or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, episode two definitely was like a little more like kind of meat and potatoes of behind who these people are and like what's going to be driving them in True. the episodes to come. Yeah, I'm curious because, you know, I, I guess one of my biggest sort of criticisms or issues that I do have with it. Uh, and we're definitely going to mention this. Everybody else has probably already kind of talked about it was we only have six episodes a season and yeah. we now have had two hours worth of content that is sort of recapping these last nine and a half years, you know, maybe over mm -hmm. 10 years. Um, and so I don't necessarily know how I feel about the shortness of the actual season and them dedicating uh, almost two hours worth of hey, we're going to do a reintroduction, and then we finally get in the moments where we have these characters has been estranged all their life, I mean, all their are the life of the show, and now they're finally coming together. I think the biggest thing that could have happened was at least increase the episode by one or combine episode one and two into a 90-minute uh, episode. 
I think that that probably would have like I I I, I can't necessarily agree with the grade of the second one. I think the second one's a little bit lower. Um, I like Winterfell, the first one, especially because it felt like a reintroduction, but it felt like episode two was more of the same thing. A character comes up out of nowhere who shows up. Same thing with Theon. Same thing with Jamie. And then people who never seen each other for a long time finally rekindle. I, I just don't necessarily know what was different between episode one and two. I think for me, a lot of what the ep- episode two is meant to do is like, it's yes, it's a continuation of the like reunion from episode one, but now we have these conversations that we're like, okay, a horn blows. Like, are they never? Are these two characters never going to speak to each other again? Mm-hmm. Or this horn blows? Like, we'll continue speaking later. Like, I just felt like this this episode set the table way better than episode one did in terms of like what what to expect next and what not to expect next do you think we need episode one and two or would you like to see a like a more uh, a compiled uh, a compilation of both i think we needed episode two because we needed more time to dedicate to jamie because mm-hmm. he had a lot of people he needed to reconcile with true versus like an ep- like a lot of folks in episode one it was like a lot of like one-on-one, not necessarily, like, John, I'm just throwing this out there, like, John didn't need to speak to everybody, like, he had to reconnect with Sam, Dan, like, certain people, um, but in episode two, Jamie needed to reconnect with Bran, Jamie needed to reconnect with, um, with Danny, Jamie needed to reconnect with Brienne, Brienne, like, I mean, like, it's, with you, everybody, oh, yeah, with Tyrion, a lot of yeah, people, yeah, um, and we, I think we needed to give Jamie this episode, um, okay. for the most part, to, like, allow him the space. I feel like it wouldn't have done him justice to do it in one episode with everyone in episode one. I'm all for it. I'm not saying to give me less Game of Thrones. I just say if you give me these moments that we've never really had the time before this season. Mm -hmm. We we did earlier on when we were still going from the source material. Now we not we're not entirely sure if it's source material, right? Because they know the ending. They know exactly how it's going to happen from George R. R. Martin. Yep. So people talk and people complain about they've already deviated from the source material, but we we actually don't know. And so, uh, or you know, he could never finish the story. Heaven forbid that happens, but it's a possible that's a possibility, right? So George, hopefully you're writing still. <laughs> George, keep it up, man. Let us know. I can definitely help you help you out. Uh, I'm not a good writer, but you know we can figure it out. But, uh, yeah, the, the thing that I always think about it is, you know, I would want more of this. I love everything that happened in this episode. I overall enjoyed some of these bits, and I think that you're talking about character moments more. In episode two, there was just a lot more lulls and things that we just, like, empty pockets of time that was like, this sex scene was way too long, man. Like, I was like, come on, man. Like, there were just things. Like, there's a the little girl that we talked about with Davos, and we saw Gilly, and yeah. they were just... Uh, it almost felt as if they want they needed to reintroduce everybody at Winterfell instead of just the people, the pillars that we need to kind of focus on. And I, I think that's what made it a, a bit kind of uh, long and, like, ugh, to me. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Uh, Though I will say I was really excited to see ghosts again. It's been a really long time yeah, since we've seen ghosts. Yeah, and the sure. fact that they ignored him for that entire scene, unforgivable. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> kind of fucked up, but that's okay. All right. So let's get into like the actual meat and potatoes, if you call it, of the episode. So we have Jamie coming back. That's definitely going to be the biggest um, sort of thing. The other kind of things that are happening in this episode is that we have, you know, Arya finally gets her weapon from Gendry. Um, we have Tyrion and Jamie finally having a moment, although dark and kind of weird, but they are having a moment. We have Jamie sort of connected with Brienne. Tormund and the uh, Night's Watch actually comes, comes back, and they're also going to be in... Uh, Winterfell, we have Theon now in Winterfell who's getting reconnected with Sansa. Danny and Sansa have a moment and then Sansa still knows that she doesn't want to be a part of the kingdom. They want to make sure that the North is going to be sort of disconnected. Uh, huge moment here in which um, John and Danny actually finally have that sort of uh, um, reveal. We, we've been sitting on our yeah. we, We've been sitting and waiting for it. Like they finally have that yeah. reveal. And how did and it's also kind of cut off. I love the fact, and we currently are watching it muted right now. But I love the fact. I love the fact that that moment was kind of cut off because the start of the battle, and it was like we don't have this. Is happens. We don't have time to process this. We, there's other shit that's kind of upon us right now. So I thought that was kind of great. 
Uh, and so a bunch of other stuff. So I do want to kind of toss it to you and just talk to me about the episode. Talk to me about like overall thoughts, things that you currently have in this episode and some highlights that you really, really dug. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, just bringing it back to Jamie, he's got this huge weight off his shoulder now. Bran has like basically exonerated him saying, okay, like that was then, like we need you now to help help us fight the dead. And I feel like Jamie now kind of is freely now walking around like, okay, like where do I fit in? And then him reaching out to Brienne being like, I want to serve under you. Like that was one of like a tearjerker moment for me where... Brienne doesn't really know how to take it because she's like, you've gone this whole conversation without insulting me. Yeah. And like that was their relationship for so long. And just like they're always like going back and forth. And now Jamie is a completely different person, it feels like. And Brienne is just like has no idea what to do with it. She just kind of nods her head and is like, all right, I guess I'm, I'm going to be like your commander for this battle. Um, so I thought that that was a really, really great ro- moment for me where like kind of. Brienne is now this, like, this figure who's going to be in command. And Jamie is now bowing down to somebody else. Um, maybe literally later, but mm. we can we can talk about that uh, at a, a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely that. I didn't see a lot of John in this episode. However, when John was there, he made a very big impact, including with his reveal at the very end of this episode, which left on a cliffhanger that freaking horn blowing up. Felt like Theon when he took over Winterfell and he wanted to kill that Hornblower. Like, dude, stop. <laughs> well, how many? So let's. So two things I do want to mention there. Yeah. Was it the amount of horns that we see for White Walkers? Well, they got the Night's Watch, or was it just like one horn blow? So uh, there is uh, at Winterfell, I believe. It, unlike at the Wall, where the Wall has the person with the one horn, two horns, or three, they just have someone who blows a horn, just like. That would have been to say whatever, just like yeah. hey, rider approaching, shit's about to go down. Yeah, that would have been awesome if it was three blasts. It, it, yes, God, that would have been dope. Just think about three blasts. There's only there's three uh, members of the Night Watch left from John's like and you know class of twenty of thirty five AC in Westeros. Um, just me pulling those dates out of your ass. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. What? I was going to say 2005, and I was like, that's, nope, that's not, nope, that's not this world. Uh, okay, I was like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, so, uh, there's a lot of, we're definitely going to deviate. We're going to have a lot of tangents mm-hmm. in this episode. I'm letting everybody know right now, as you already didn't. You mentioned a huge thing of threes. We will talk about that. I'm not going to get into that one um, too much, but yep. threes were also huge. Throughout the entire story, the three siblings, three dragons, three Lannisters—I mean, lots of different things with threes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad they kind of uh, they kind of show a great, great visual of John, Sam, and the last member of the Night's uh, Watch was is um, Ned. Ned, and they're all looking out over the wall as if they're yep. you know. And now my watch has begun. Great, yep. and they have a great moment that goes back to when John and they all sort of like said their vows to the weirwood. Yep, um, of the tree that was beyond the wall, and so I, I'm glad they actually kind of gave some time into that. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm glad that John was not in this episode. Going back the Air Force point because it felt like and now that I'm kind of thinking this and kind of talking about this out loud it the first episode felt like we had to reintroduce all the main characters of the series this episode made it seem like we had to introduce all the side and the B characters Mm -hmm. of the series Mm -hmm. and it's funny because Jamie started off as a main character and transitioned to a B character. Not saying that the B characters are less important, no. But because I think Tyrion is also a main character, but I like the fact that they kind of gave it... Also, so is Arya as a main character, right? I'm not saying that literally all side characters. I know somebody is itching to call me out right now as you're listening to this. But I like it. it. They definitely had a focus and they gave a bit more time. Although I think that it was too much, I can care less about this random farmer dude who's not a warrior. I don't give a shit about you. You're probably going to die. But I really like the fact that we even had a moment with Masande and uh, Grey Worm. And although there was tons of racism happening in the North, what's going yeah. on Canada? Fuck you guys. But <laughs> like, I don't know why they had so much focus on racism. Again, this is the second episode. So 
what are the showrunners exactly? What are they trying to kind of show us there? This village was supposed to be named for the Honorable Ned Stark. And yet, this is how they kind of treat black people there. It's kind of weird. But whatever. So I, I, th- I think that's actually pretty interesting. Like, I like that there was at least a focus on side characters and supporting characters throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. And how now some of these supporting characters are finally getting... Um, the more the recognition that they deserve. Pod now knows how to fight. Podrick, he has oh. a little mustache. I'm like, oh my, my dog. But you know he's gonna die. So uh, great though. Yeah, right. But Sir uh, Sir Brienne of Tarth, right, finally get knighted, yeah. which is like a fucking great moment. Uh, and so we we at least have these moments. Even the Hound sitting there talking with Arya, just drinking and shooting shit, and she goes. Well, I'm not gonna uh, waste my time with you, old like you old something. Like you two old shit. Yeah, yeah, you two old shits. And goes straight and bangs one out with freaking Gendry, which is great, bro. Like, good for you, Arya. Get your shit. So I, I at least like that because Gendry, in this episode, it was kind of weird because it. I also felt like that was a huge reveal that we all knew, and I think people even forgot that he was like, oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm Robert Baratheon's bastard. Oh, yeah. shit, bro. Like, nobody said yeah. anything about that. That was fucking great. And it will be crazy if Arya gets pregnant with a Baratheon. Because oh, they've man. been trying to do that. That's what started it. Yeah. So, oh, man. That would be and Baratheon so- and Lyanna oh. Stark. I know, man. Robert Baratheon, Lyanna Stark. He loved her. We're, we're wow. getting a lot of different tangents. Lots of, lots of tangents. Oh, but I never even it. thought about that. Oh, yeah, that's, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, it would be good. So, yeah. Uh, but what else you got? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm very, so the last thing I left off was talking about John. Um, I'm very interested to see, cause he did not seem like he was going to be like, oh, you know, actually I don't really want the throne. He, it just kind of left it off on like, is, does he want to take it? Like, does he not want it? Like he's so fervently been like, no, I don't want all these titles, but people keep keeping these titles on him. He's like, I don't know. I don't want this. I never wanted this. I believe he said to Sansa at some point. Like, I didn't I, I didn't want to be king of the North. You gave that to me. Or I think he said that to Leon and not Sansa, sorry. Um, and, you know, he's gracious about it. But now it seems like, does he want it? Like, mm-hmm. we don't, I mean, obviously we don't know. We're going to find out soon, hopefully. Probably in the next couple episodes. But it's even going off of that point, you know, just looking at John's past and his history, he didn't want to be kings of the Watch Watch. Yep. But nope, everybody gave it to him. He didn't want to be king of the north. You know, they gave it to him. There is a bit of a struggle. I'm glad that Kit Harrington, as the actor, is kind of exploring this because when is he has the ability to choose what he who he wants to be? He's a, he was a King's Watch um, commander. Lord Commander of the King's Watch. He was King of the Night's North. Watch. Night's Watch, excuse me. That was a King's Watch. Sounds weird. <laughs> Night's Watch, thank you. And so... Everybody else is choosing all of these things to be and to yeah. be, and he's choosing just, like, he, he wants to be John. He's a bastard. Now this huge drop comes last week to that he finally finds out who he is, and he has all this royal blood, but then sort of treated like a bastard his entire life. I feel yeah. like it's a bit of complex because it's like, well, now he chose to be John and being, being in love uh, not only with Daenerys, but even before, and he didn't know anything. And now the fact that he finally knows something, <laughs> what is he going to choose to be? Is yeah. he going to accept the Aegon name? Yeah. Is he going to accept the Jon name? Is he going to accept that, you know, Ned's going to be my father anyway? I, I feel like that's how I uh, kind of saw his weird brooding and he has to, like, also, he had all the screen time last week, so I'm cool. And he's gonna be—he's one of the best fighters, so we know we're gonna see him. I felt like that's what I got from him a little bit, even with this kind of small kind of conversations that he had in this season, in this episode. And I like that directly from the last episode. It definitely seemed like he's processing, but he's not—he's he, at least kind of showing. And when he's telling Daenerys, it was a very, very great look because they. When John found out that he was um, uh, Rhaegar's son, you know, Aegon Targaryen, the focus is on John and how it, like, felt with him. Just like when Sam found out his father and his uh, his brother were burned alive, the focus is on him. So now when John is telling people who they are, the focus is on Daenerys, Mm -hmm. who all her life, basically... 
almost all her life. Yeah. She was one of the last Targaryens. I didn't say one of the last Targaryens because we know there was a couple other ones floating around. Yeah, so now, exactly. Well, yeah, Aemon was that dude. That dude was great. Uh, but now that it's shown up as like actually everything that you said of being the last heir in line, all this shit to rule, that's actually not true at all. Yeah, I'm. I've been standing right here. I'm st- now. I'm standing right here, and I don't know what to do. So I like how they at least kind of approached that, but they didn't quite resolve it in this episode. It, yeah, and now thinking back on it, as John is telling telling Danny, it's like he's almost searching. Okay, how are you going to react to this? Because now that's going to potentially change what I'm going to do. Which oh man, so oh, so fascinating. Um, so kind of moving on from John. Um, Danny and Sansa, what did you think about that uh, that little sit-down they had? You know, I'm kind of bummed because I'd love to have, again, I'm trying not to mention as much, but I like these scenes. I like some of this dialogue, especially I'm curious to see, and it's kind of a bummer that what happens from here. Um, I'm curious to see exactly what happens with Sansa and Daenerys because they are very similar. The characters, how they kind of go through. Very different, but still similar characters of what they actually kind of wanted and kind of go through with. But I would have loved to have Daenerys come up with that idea on herself. Mm -hmm. Um, Many times we talk about women rulers and we see women rulers in this actual show. And how it made it seem as though... There may be a woman that's going to be there, but there's a guy behind her kind of playing the strings and kind of being more wise. And I was kind of bummed. I, I know that Tyrion's supposed to be one of the sh- smartest people, but she also should be just as smart, yeah. right? And I think it, we can ha- have this great example of you have Cersei. She has a bunch of guys, a bunch of men behind her, but she's still by far the most cunning and smartest person in King's Landing. We have Danny, yes. yeah, yeah, right. We have Danny, who also is kind of learning up to that, but she's still not. She still has to be sort of moved and nudged into, hey, you should make friends with Sansa by Jorah, who's who's a man. I'm like, I I really wish that she should have been able to. They, the show wrote, the show writer should have actually allowed her to come up with that on her own, yeah. and not somebody else who's really not the best person to be saying that to kind of tell her like hey you, you should go and like actually make friends with this other queen so that's the only kind of bummer thing I liked about that I wanted to see Danny kind of come up at her own as far as the actual content of it I, I know it has to be in there that there has to be the Game of Thrones the title of the actual show but I don't care about I, I mean I'm all about the living and the dead I think a lot of people else is about living and the dead but as we talked about before the end game much like Blue was talking about is going to be the living versus the living right the the King's Landing and everybody else so I see why they had to put it in the show I just don't understand why they're they have to be so abrasive to each other I, I my my theory on that um, I mean is just. They want. The, I think the showrunners are trying to show Danny as uncomfortable because a lot of m- most Targaryens that have come north have not been successful. Like they just something about coming up to the north, like is just like just doesn't mesh, doesn't like get on for them as like just a, a house in general. So I think they're just trying to show her as being uncomfortable and needing to be kind of nudged in order to do certain things there because otherwise. Like it, nothing's gonna happen. Like she's not gonna make the best decision. So mm-hmm. that's that's my thought on that. Um, but so speaking of Sansa, is she gonna get it on with Theon? I don't know. N- no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really. I, I, that look, here, here's the thing. That look. It's a possibility. Give me those eyes right now. Yeah, and I think it's very sad because everybody who Sansa like loved or adored or like really sort of like wanted to have a romantic relationship with never worked out at all you know Joffy was a monster uh and not reek but who's reek's owner oh uh, ramsey ramsey was a monster right and baelish was a monster and so we have these men that in her lives that treat her so so poorly and so bad that it actually will be nice to see her have a romantic relationship with somebody she go, sort of grew up with. Weird that it's kind of like her brother, but 
We, we got brothers fucking sisters in this show. So that's what I cock. Mean. Let's not forget that. I, I know, right? He can do a mean scissor, but like, what's up? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but uh, I I I like I like to see it. I if that's something they want to do, sure. I think it'll be nice to at least to have Sansa, you know, have a romantic relationship relationship with somebody who's also been through lots of shit because of his own. Um, uh, Actions, mm-hmm. right? Or I'd love to have Sansa have a uh, like a relationship not with a man. That'd be great. We have no idea. Yeah, right. I think that'd be cool. Uh, I uh, if it doesn't happen, whatever. We we know now. I know we'll talk a little bit about this and the battle and the sequence and the the plannings of what they what they think with Bran, but or Brand. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when Theon says that, oh, the. Uh, <laughs> The Greyjoy crew is gonna guard him. I was like, "Oh, y'all are dead!" Yeah. Like that—that's the worst thing to like. All I can what? think about is the ship and Yara's face when Theon jumps overboard. I'm just oh. imagining. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so I mean, obviously, I hope that Bran survives. I hope that all this goes well and Bran continues to be the living me- memory for everyone in Westeros and in the world. But just man, talk about signing your death certificate. Mm. Um, but we, we'll see. Yeah, we'll so see. I think it's gonna be. It, I, I, I the last time I think we were talking about that. We'll talk about the round table in a second. But yeah. all those minds in one room, their planning for this battle better be out of this fucking world. There should be no like because we had people play with wildfire. We had people set up like they defended the wall. They defended Hardhome. They defended Battle of the Bastards. I mean, there's so much intelligence in that room. They should be able to outsmart some of these dead people. Now, not the Night King, no, right? I don't think so. And we also saw in this episode his, or maybe it was the the next after, but his generals started to kind of walk up. That was just, that was at the end of this episode. Uh, okay, so we saw his generals also in the horseback starting to walk up, and mm-hmm. I feel like these are generals because that's when great moment at Hard Home when we figured out that Valerian Steel can actually stop a White Walker's mm-hmm. sort of staff and like fucking destroyed him great moment i still get chills at that moment yeah. anyways so i see we see all his generals and we were seeing all the side characters supporting characters and the main characters are the, the living generals too so i'll be curious to see exactly what happens and how they're going to plan it because that night king has a dragon and i feel like nobody has said anything about him having a dragon the only mention is um Oh, I don't even think. No, they don't mention it at all. I'm like trying to remember that that was Brandon episode one mentioning yeah. about uh, Night King having the dragon. There is no mention in this episode. Uh, but speaking, you mentioned wildfire, and that's so interesting that like wildfire is something that like would be a great ally to them in this like time of need. You, I, I wonder if Tyrion got any when they were down in King's Landing. They used it all. Like so, the Mad King had it under. A whole lot of places. So you're saying all that wildfire was used under the Sept of Baylor and in the ships, and now there's no more? Yeah. Oh, man, I yeah. find it hard to believe. Not me. No, you just yeah. said it yourself. That entire ship. And now we're going back to, what's the name of that battle? Uh, Blackwater. Blackwater. Okay, that entire ship was carrying the, so much of it so that it has to stay in the water and still make a trail to blow up all these surrounding ships, and she has to blow That's up the so right. Sept? Yeah. But Dragonfire is Wildfire. So they yeah. have Wildfire, right? Just not in the, the pot. What I would have loved to see is create more of it. There's some... We, yeah. they, they should have created more with the alchemy that they had, at least, in yeah, Tyrion's knowledge. I don't think they have any but, no. in Winterfell, unfortunately. Not yet. Oh. Oh. Ah! But nothing, nothing beats the look that the Pyromancer at the Battle of Blackwater gave when the Wildfire went up. It looked like he just came, like, for eternity. It was crazy look on his face. So good. Um, we could continue talking about the kind of that round table. Like you said, that was just a lot of great minds in that one room. Like, I, re- I worry so much about what's going to happen. Um, but it's just like, if there's if you need a plan of battle, those are the people you needed in that, in that room. Yeah. Um, or a plan. And... I honestly was expecting Tyrion to take a little bit more of a leadership role in terms of planning that. I get I get why they didn't do that, but he's the only person that really has any experience with, like, battle plans. 
from he planned the Blackwater. He's not the only person in that round table. No, 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 no. I'm saying that we've seen in this in this series, we've only seen Tyrion plan a battle. No, we've seen who else have we seen plan? John and Sansa. Battle of the Bastards. Okay. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. That but, was, but look where that makes, went. But look how that went. What? John went rogue. No, he didn't. That was that was that was planned. It was planned for him to go out on his own in the middle with no horse oh, chasing oh. up the Rickon. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Zig zigzag. Rickon, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Rickon, go left. Like, <laughs> turn any direction other than straight. Let's talk. Let's uh, talk. Let's anyways. talk about that scene for one quick second. Oh, okay. Like, I need to just go back. We didn't talk about it last time. That arrow had to be shot with so much force, right? Like that. I feel like that's impossible for that arrow to pierce Rickon directly through the chest. At that distance. Yeah. That was a, that, that, no that way. Didn't make sense to me. Right? That didn't make sense to me. But also, um, Ramsey shot a, shot an arrow that missed, and then maybe a second later, a second arrow went through his chest. So like, we're on the same page here. That that didn't make any sense, right? That, that didn't make any sense. They just wanted to kill Rickon. Now, like, now, which would have been great was if Ramsey would have shot an arrow and missed and like laughed and we see Rickon like running up close to John and a fucking raid all the arrows yeah. go in to kill him. I'm like, okay, that would have been great. Yeah, that would have made but, that would have made sense. Because so, if he would have zigzagged, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Um that's that's true. But wild crazy theory coming up. Um, oh, ooh. I think Rickon's coming back in the in the Battle Winterfell. Shut up. Buddy. He is buried in the crypts. Yeah, but that means With that they have. So, I mean, but, but every all the living people are staying in the crypts too. So yeah, but they're fighting the people who can raise the dead. And Rickon's the fresh, the most fresh body down there that would come back. Yeah, but that's also been like years. It has not been years since the Battle of Bastards. Years? I thought it was like a year. Was it a year or two? Time doesn't exist because apparently because apparently Gendry can run. For like a, a, couple, a few hours, and okay. now he's back at East Park. Okay, hold on. We have completely deviated from yeah. talking okay. about this right. episode. Okay, I see I'll, what I'll you stop. mean. One second, though. You did mention it. You, you did bring up a good point from that deviation. We saw the Night King bring the dead back. I felt like he could bring the dead back who had recently died. Have we seen uh, like a time frame? Like, have we seen him bring back the dead? Who's already been dead from like uh, like like, two, like just say two episodes? That's a long ass fucking time. Yeah. Like, have, <laughs> did we see him like actually like re- resurrect people from time? Uh, I don't. I don't think we've ever seen him resurrect anyone that hadn't just fallen. I think he's only. We've only seen him resurrect people who like just died. But then I guess it also makes sense why everybody in Night's Watch will be burning bodies. Yeah. Because he could. Seemingly resurrected I mean, at any point. Think, think back. I think it was season one where they brought those bodies in from beyond the wall, and they were like, "Oh, the bo-, Sam was like, oh, the bodies don't smell," and they oh, were like, "Oh, we'll burn them later." Yeah. And, then they came, and then they came back. We still don't know the time. We don't know yeah. how long that took. Also, think about poor Ned Umba. Um, he had been on the wall, eyes closed, like for <laughs> how for however long it was for them to get there. Yeah, and then he awakens. Yeah. Like, anyways. Um, but we digress, yeah, sort of. Sorry, not not really. That not really, that actually was a pretty good digress. So, <laughs> all right. Um, moving along here to some more highlights. I think um, it's hard to not talk about Arya in this episode. Um, Let's talk about her. Arya has just her transformation from this girl who was like, "Oh, I'm tough, I'm tough," and like who's like sword fighting with the with Micah the butcher's boy and now mm. she's this badass like I can kill anybody I want like confident and just is ready to take whatever she thinks is hers I, that's just an incredible transformation for her um, I literally have in my notes getting after what she wants like this just literally she knows what she wants and she's getting it um, including Gendry mm. um but her her line, just like how she knows death and it has many faces, she can't wait to meet this one, sent chills up my spine. I was like, ooh, like, oh, I wonder how she's going to fare in this battle. Because we haven't seen her fight in a battle yet. No. We've only seen her one-on-one um, or, like, 
two on three when she was with the Hound back in the day. Um, so I'm I'm nervous because any time they make a character too cool, yeah. No, you're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> right, because everybody loves Arya. I mean, like, who doesn't like Arya? Like, it's, it's you're, you're stupid. Unfriend me on Facebook. But, like, everybody loves her. We see her that she has arguably, like, the biggest transformation from characters. Lots of characters have transformations, right? But yeah. hers is one of the largest because she's, but she still kind of went to her goal to be a fighter. She always wanted to be a fighter. From the first episode, we see her playing and, like, doing a bow and beat Bran as um, as archery. And in this episode, is also harks back to her doing that, which is also great. And her just spending time with, like, armory. She spends a lot of time with a lot of guys and, like, just done a lot of shit. So I like we actually see her journey was pretty true. Like, she actually never deviated from what she wanted to do. Yeah. And then she made her list, and I love the line of, was he on your list? He's like, yeah. for a little while, <laughs> talking about Beric Gardieri. I was like, oh, fuck, that's great. And um, so um, I, I I like that. I, I love the fact that her character was the truest form, right? It still stayed there. Mm-hmm. I just get nervous that with great power comes great responsibility, yeah. Things from SpongeBob, but uh, <laughs> uh, no. But seriously, like they, Jacques and Hagad told her, and she went blind, and that that power is not hers. She has to give up all these things. She has to give up her name, and I think she's kind of doing that. She's no one, right? Yeah. But she still does. Like she said, "Don't call me Lady Stark," but she still goes by Arya, and even that she was supposed to give up. So she's still retaining some of this personality of herself, but yet still has all the power that she got from the Faceless Men. Mm-hmm. There has to be consequences coming. And I don't know if She's going to survive. Like, I thought for sure after this episode, now it turns me a little bit on my uh, on the head because I have a bit of a theory that everybody with Valerian Steel, and me and CJ talked about this, is going to survive. And Arya has a Valerian Steel dagger. But I don't think she's going to survive at the, at the battle. And if she does survive, I, I don't know if it's going to be in this. I think she's going to leave and, like, be one with, like, Jacques and Hagar. Or Serial Pharrell comes back, which I'm oh, still think he's gonna come back. I still if think he's gonna come back. That yeah. would that would be amazing if Serial yeah. made a comeback with his wooden sword. Not <laughs> not confirmed that he died, man. No, we it's don't not see confirmed. him die. We don't see him die. We hear screams in that scene, but we don't know who's screaming. We just and we have no confirmation because when Arya went to kill Marin Trent, he was freaking freaking out, so he couldn't say whether or not it happened. Yeah. So. I don't know. We don't know. That would be very. That would be great if he came back. Ugh, um, but just like harping on what you're saying, just like I'm worried for her as well because, like, if you remember from the season eight trailer, she's running for what appears to be her life um, through the halls of Winterfell. I'm just wondering, like, what's scaring her this much? Clearly, she's been through the battle because, like, on her face you see the blood and everything. It's just like, what what is happening? What has happened that has caused her to be this? At least on the out, like outwardly scared, because maybe it's a ruse. We maybe don't know. it's a dream. We don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a brand vision. Yeah. Uh, so I'm. I, I am a little worried for her, um, but she is, you know, definitely a fan favorite and definitely a favorite of mine. Um, Ned Stark was also a fan favorite. Uh, well, <laughs> you know what happened there. Uh, hopefully, Arya keeps her head, but we'll see. Um, Keep your cool, Arya. I think, let's see, what else do I have here? Another thing I wanted to talk about, you brought up a little bit about Valerian Steel, but mm. Sam giving Jorah Heartsbane um, after a very charming back and forth between Jorah and um, Liana Mormont, which is like, I love Liana as well. Super great. I, I wanted more. I, I wanted actually more of that. Sam. I wanted more yeah, Bear great. Island connections yeah. here as well. I thought it was going to happen in episode one. It didn't. I was a little disappointed, but... Um, it's at least good to know that they each know the other exists yeah. and that they are aware of the stakes where Jorah's like, you're the future of our house. She's like, I know that. Like, I wish you fortune cousin. Like, so it's like, it's at least, it was a little bit of like, okay, you have re- like sort of reconciled, I guess. Um, 
But it, that was great. But then immediately after that, Sam giving Heartsbane and Jorah saying that he's going to wield Heartsbane in his father's name. Uh, may he rest in peace. And may Sir Jorah rest in peace because he might as well die right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm still... So I was locked in. Audience, listen. I was locked in on this Valerian Steel theory for years. And I've just been hanging out and waiting for all this steel to get in one area. And now that when Sam got it, I'm like, well, he's not the best warrior, but like, all right, whatever, you know, somebody else is going to wield that blade, right? I thought it was going to be the Hound, but the Hound uses more of an axe, but we'll see. I'm not sure. But it is a broadsword, and we know Mm -hmm. at least that Ice was the largest one, but I think the next one in length was Heartsbane. Yep. So, and Ice was fucking gigantic. Massive. Massive. So... A big dude has to be able to wield this, and I do not think is Jorah, unless something surprising happens. But I think it's—that's what I think it's going to be the Hound. Yeah. I don't. It, it it threw a huge rinse when Sam gives that to Jorah, but Sam has done so much already for Jorah. Like what has Jorah did for Sam? Oh, that is so true. I'm I'm so blown away by the fact that I'm like, wait, hold up. Like, I thought there, there that's what it was. So I was so confused. I was like, wait, hold on. Shouldn't Tormont have that Heartsbane and not Jorah? So, like that feels like Tormont should be wielding that large fucking weapon. Yeah. He's a huge dude, like yeah. hilarious. I don't think he's gonna last yeah. either, but that he's definitely gonna be. Yeah, that, that we definitely gotta check. We gotta definitely talk about that, <laughs> that giant breast milk. Oh my god, I gotta order some. But anyway, so I'm so strong. <laughs> so <laughs> such a great. Again, I love this scene. Definitely wouldn't mind if it was removed, but I love the scene. Um, yeah, so I was kind of confused about that. It, that definitely threw a wrench in my plans because I felt like Jorah was definitely one of the people that I that I know was going to die. Um, Someone very well may pick up, pick up, and just can keep going. Yeah, that's that, and so that that could happen. So now I'm like, oh well, because I don't know if Arya is going to survive. So Arya is now a bit of a question mark, uh, and now Jorah I don't think is going to be a die uh, is going to live. And so I was also wondering. Now we're now we're in crazy theories. So I know that the Valerian steel will change hands, mm-hmm. and the dagger is gonna get back to Tyrion. Mm. <laughs> and oh, he will, yeah, I know, oh. and he will be wrecking some havoc. I haven't seen this theory anywhere, so this is hot, hot off the press, yacht, hot off the press. Oh. Tyrion will will wield that dagger, and again, it goes full circle, and I. I think this is a really common thing in storytelling anywhere, right? Jorah Mormont's father was named... Um, Gior. Gior. That, <laughs> that, that sword was supposed to go to Jorah Mormont. Yep. He got caught selling slaves and got banished. He dishonored his house like Mulan and said, you're gone, right? And so <laughs> now that sword... I'm, I'm pulling out. I'm pulling them all out, bro. Now that sword goes to John, and that's how John gets the sword, right? Yep. But now it comes full circle back to well, Sam has the sword that's gonna now actually he does Jorah get the Valerian steel that he should have gotten in the yeah. first place anyway. Like Jorah should have gotten the hand that Tyrion also has. There's lots of those different things that happens oh, too. So I see, what, I yeah. see, I see. But lots of different things going full circle, and that's how I feel like the sword that. Arya has as the dagger is going to come back and Tyrion's going to use it. Um, where, how, I'm not sure, but yeah. we know that Tyrion now is actually a formidable warrior. He was fucking up a lot of people from uh, the battles that he was in, Yeah, but he's also like... A you lot know, of dudes have, don't have legs anymore. No. Tyrion. no. So, yeah, that, what else we got on Valerian's feel? Because we, ta- uh, we went through and we talked yeah. about him, so we got Heartsbane that's here. So Heartsbane is currently with Jorah now. Yep. We got Widow's Whale that's with Jamie. Yep. We got Oathkeeper, that's with Brienne. Mm-hmm. We got Arya's no-name dagger. Uh, Cat's Paw Dagger, I believe, Yeah, is what it's called in and, the books, baby. And then we have John Longclaw. Yep. Is there any more? 
that Eric in in the show in the show no. yeah yes yes you nerds yes yeah. readers out there we know yeah, book, there's other ones you book nerds we know there's more than just those five. Has a lot more Valerian steel floating around that's unknown of where they are but Do in we, show world yeah. All the known Valyrian steel is in Winterfell right now. I feel like we're missing one. I think we we just recounted them all. The reason why, because five is a interesting number, although it's like the palm in the big kingdoms. I'm also wondering if there's going to be seven, like the seven kingdoms and the seven gods. So I'm curious to see because it didn't start off as five because Ith was one and broke into two. Yeah. And so um, I'll be curious to see if something else happens that we actually get more Valyrian steel. Right yeah. Now. Yeah, the Golden Company is supposed to have one, but once again, that's another, that's a book nod. Not sure if they're actually bring that in. The to Golden this Company show. is in the show. They are in the show. They technically are with Cersei. Yeah, and Harry Strickland is like supposed to be descendant from like King Aegon the Fourth's one of King Aegon the Fourth's bastards, hmm. who's supposed to have the Valerian Steel Sword, but. There doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem like they have it, but we also haven't spent a ton of time in King's Landing. Cersei's too busy drinking wine, pretending she's not pregnant. Or maybe she's not pregnant. We don't know. We'll see. In this time, they don't know that alcohol is affecting pregnancy, so it's... The only reason I'm bring, I bring that up is because when, at least when she was talking to Tyrion, which we now know she was playing him, um, she was like, she wasn't drinking any wine. She kept rubbing her belly and was like, and then Tyrion was like, you're pregnant. And she's like, yes, I am. Um, And so that's the only reason I like, I'm like, she was drinking wine after having sex with Euron. That's interesting. So uh, don't really know what's going on there. Maybe was she actually drinking wine or was she just holding the cup? She definitely took at least the sip Hmm. as far as that we see on camera. Because she could have been drinking wine to throw Euron off. Yes. That is true. Right? She does raise the turtle up a second time and then stops to like say something. Yeah. So that that's just that's just interesting. Yeah. Um, what else? No, the other stuff happening. Um, the great meeting around the uh, fireplace. Oh. I well, know you want to cut that out of the episode because well, well, like, well, well, way too much. I think it was too much because there was two, if not three, of these scenes. Like, don't get don't, don't get me wrong. I'm down for one of these scenes. Compile all this together. I love the fact that the people just started like wandering in because it started with Jamie and Tyrion, and then Brienne, then Pod, then Davos, then Tormon, then uh, Beric didn't go in. I think that was it. And so they all just sort of like kind of mingling, kind of going in. And I, I think that all would have been a great sequence if it was all one continuous shot. They go in. They actually go and, like, talks about, like, knighting, why women can't be knights. They end up knighting Brienne. Pod ends with the song. Everybody's like, oh, shit, the wine's out. And then it's over. I think that would have been a huge, impactful scene if it was all continuous. The fact that they kind of kept cutting away and back, it felt like it was like, ah. I just want to see this scene end. I understand why they kind of cut back and forth because the subject matter changes but they could have gotten there this is the end of days everything that's going to be people can still try to sleep with each other like Tormund's trying to sleep with Brienne and all the shit that's happening I love the even the moment of uh, just a half cup Brienne tells uh, Tyrion he fills it to the brim and even more and it overspills you can see Pod's face getting super excited I'm like these are like those moments that I really really love I just don't want the drag on too long. And that was the issue that I had with that scene, that it came back and they had such a focus on the breast milk, the nighting, the song, right? Yeah. That all could have been one. And yeah. I felt like they it made it a bit just disjointed. I think they realized they needed to fill some more time in this episode. So they're like, what can we do? Yeah. Let's have Tormund tell a story about how he got his last name. <laughs> which is, I mean, which is hilarious, which is great. If we have a full season. And in this episode, I'm like, how much time did we just spend people just kind of sitting? I'm like, feel free to do that. I, I, I definitely don't mind. Make it six full episodes. Make, combine these two. Have some moments of silence. I feel like the moments of silence is what gives us the most amount of character development. And how these characters non-verbally are acting and um, you know reacting to each other in the set's particular space. That 
is like the phenomenal type. The the action and the re- the the reaction sequences that we talked about with John, with Danny, with um, Sam, right? I think them not saying anything and just simply on their face reacting to what is happening. That's really what people. I mean, not, I don't want to like you know speak for everybody, but that's really what drives me to actually want to be following these characters more. I'm like really invested in this story. I'm like, oh, I love like Sam's character as a whole is a very like tormented yet like. But he was bullied all his life and all this stuff. And he was the only person at that time for a long time to kill a White Walker mm-hmm. in the most unheard of kind of conditions ever. So it's like, oh, that's pretty badass. And like he has all this knowledge. So um, I like having those moments. I like seeing those characters growing with those characters. I just think that sometimes they feel like they need to fill these moments of silence and slow moments with these jokes, with these sticks, with these little things. Um, when they could just be like a simple song and just kind of cut out some of the stuff, cut out the fluff. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I I definitely would say that I enjoyed, regardless, like I enjoyed um, all of those scenes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like, now I, f- I feel like the rest of the series is just going to be like, all right, we got all that out the way. Now let's, let's get to it. Um, with these remaining yeah. f- four... Four episodes? Three. Three? Uh, four, excuse four. me. Four. Oh, I yeah. thought it was Sunday already. Don't. Yeah, so my question to you, you know, let's, uh, you know, we talked about from before, we talked about the past, we talked about episode one and two. What do you think, or, you know, we can even look, I don't even, I, I do now watch the, you know, next on, I watch them because I'm going to get spoiled anyway, so now I just say, fuck it, I'm going to watch it. You know, what are some things I'm that you, you think... Huh? I'm proud of you, Warren. Thanks, man. <laughs> I don't watch trailers, though. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> um, like, what are some things that you are excited about? You know, not necessarily some things that you want. I don't want you to have this crazy expectation you don't see. You're like, oh, fuck. But, you know, what are some things that have at least been hinted already in these first two episodes and the rest of this series that now episode three, let's, let's, let's you know reel in our um, focus. Now in episode three, what are some things that you're looking to to see already from something that they already hinted at? Um, So seeing the little snippet of Viserion um, and seeing Jon finally ride a dragon in episode one, I'm really hoping for an aerial battle. Um, Mm. It's like, I feel like that's coming. Whether it be Danny v. Night King, Jon v. Night King, like or all three in some way in some concert, that would be very epic to be happening over the battle as it's happening underneath them. Um, it's hard to see that happening though, because before that little snippet of Viserion, we see John on the ground like fighting. So it's like, all right, like, is he gonna get on a dragon? Like the dragons are protecting Bran. Like I, 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 I don't really know where all that is going, but I really, really hope that uh, there's an aerial battle. Um, in this, in in the Battle of Winterfell, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's what they're going to call it, because um, that would be epic. Um, I'm thinking about just going back to our conversation about Valerian Steel. Like, how are all of our heroes of Valerian Steel going to handle that? Like, they're going to um, they they have the most valuable weapon in this entire world, as far as we know, other than having dragons. And it's like. You got to put yourself in the thick of it. You got to be hacking and slashing the whole time. There's no rest for you. Yeah. And then seeing, um, I'm just gonna talk about the whole trailer. Seeing Brienne at the front, like just like red, like clearly they've already fought for a while, and now they're just like, all right, eh, fuck it, like this free for all. We're just gonna try and kill as many people as we can. That just got my like, oh, I was getting so excited seeing that and seeing her like. In in command, like Sir Brienne, just like getting it done and like leading a whole bunch of people to what you know their deaths or or not. Like I just, yeah. it's just very exciting. I'm very excited to see Brienne in the field um, once again. Another person we haven't seen in a battle, as far as I can remember, unless I'm misremembering. I don't think we've seen Brienne in a battle before. We've only seen her. Kind of like Arya and one or like two or three people. Yeah, because she's always been tasked to go elsewhere, travel and stuff. Yeah, I guess that's right. She's definitely she's de- we've definitely seen her fight. Yeah, and we know that she's one of the best fighters. Yep, yep. Um, 
I'm from curious. When she uh, beat the was it the Night of Flowers at the the Knights of Summer Fest with yeah. King Renly. Yeah. Knights of Summer, little Knights of Summer action there. He's currently <laughs> he's currently showing off his shirt for you audio listeners. <laughs> He's like, you showed that this to is, me, and they have is, no idea what you're doing. This is only for you, Warren. Thanks, this man. This is only for you. I'm currently being Flash now in my uh. residence. Uh, yeah, I mean, going off of that, like some of the stuff that you talked about, right? I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see Jamie fight, mm-hmm. right? Because now he's fighting left-handed. Um, I'm curious to see if Braun somehow pops up somewhere. In this, because he's he was tasked to assassinate him, yeah. And so it did take Jamie a long time. Let's be real; it did take Jamie a year and a half to get from King's Landing. <laughs> <laughs> and it did take it took the king it took King Robert a month to get from King's Landing yeah, to to uh, to Winterfell. Winterfell in the first. So it, so I'm I'm wondering if that's like in the back of my head to see if that happens here. Uh, I just want to see now these battles, right? And <laughs> I just need to see a lot of death. I need to see that. We need to kill off some of these characters now. At this point, Beric Dardarian needs to go. Um, he's been revived. I think they even hinted at it in this episode. He's been brought back 16, 19 times, I think it was. That's what the Hound said. That is an exaggeration. He's been brought back seven times. Seven. But I think that was also something to know that you don't have your Red Priest anymore because he died. Oh, and so we know right, that Beric Dardarian is going to die. Yep. Also... Do you think I, I I have these theories? I don't know; they just pop into my head like the Mad King. Do you think that? Burn them all. Well, do you think that uh, uh, the Hound is going to wield that fire blade? Oh, got you! Because it comes full circle. Yeah. What does I tell you, bro? Uh, okay. I right? Think, <laughs> I, I I would I think that would that is probably going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think the hound is bested for the most part his fear of fire at this point because he's like he stared into the into the fire when before they got to Eastwatch. He's like, that's a whole different reason why he stared into the fire. Well, that was to see a vision of the, yeah. of, of that of that mountain. But I think at this point, if he if he for him to wield that sword, he needs to be over his fear of fire. It would be dope. I think it would be dope if he wields that. Sword. He he wields the he wields that sword to kill the mountain. Oh, now you just uh-huh. <laughs> now you just being ridiculous. It's possible, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. We'll see. I don't know. That's a theory. Burns I think his I, brother's I, face. Oh is my like his god! Face burns his face off, bro. Yo. Anyways, yeah. uh, Beric Tondarian has to go. Mm-hmm. Tormund, sadly, is going to go, and yeah. probably, I think, Tormund is going to have one of the best death scenes. He's going to uh, go to yeah, It's going to be amazing. Yep. Uh, and I think at that point, he's going to get like a little acknowledgement from Riyadh, and he's going he's gonna to die with like a smile on his face or something. It's going to be great. Uh, Nightwatch people are going to die. Um, you think Gendry's gonna die? Yeah. You think all the, Yeah. Well, I guess they don't need the Night Watch anymore. Yeah. They don't need the North anymore, man. I'm, here's the thing. I think <laughs> everything is being raised. Everything is, is gonna hit a reset. So everything outside of King's Landing, which is in the middle, right, is being yeah, sort of like, yeah, slowly being reset. And even in this in this episode number two, right, and we even talked about like how there's something that is gonna happen. To allow the dead to walk across the water and get to Iron Islands, it's going to freeze. Yeah, just like drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like those places are not safe, and so all these things are being destroyed. And I think King's Landing is going to be like the last one um, that's going to survive, and then yeah. there'll be other, another I mean, battle. We see in Danny's vision the the red keep from when she was at the uh, House of the Undying back in Carth. Hmm. The Red Keep, the roof is blown off, the throne is there, and it seems like it's snowing, or ash. Oh, shit, that's right, bro. So, that's like season three? Yeah, that's so... Uh, I mean, there's some, there are more visions in the books, but like that's a pretty clear, I think, indicator of... It's just going to go down in King's Landing. Yeah. And it's like, but they leave it up, like obscure enough where it like could be ash, it could be Danny's for dragons, it could be snow... Night King. So. Could be both. Could be a snow dragon. Yeah. Oh, but Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, and the other thing that I, uh, does, it definitely ties back to what I want to see and what we've seen so far 
and what we've seen before. We know, I know you're not a huge, last time we talked last week, you were not a huge fan of Bran. You probably still aren't. We <laughs> <Fuck> know, <Bran. laughs> we, but yeah, but we, we know that Bran has had, like, noise. Uh, <laughs> he's had these, uh, he's been practicing this war game, this ability, right? And we, we see, see that. This, season, this episode, which is interesting. I don't think we need to. No, I know. Right? But I just thought, I still thought it was interesting. Yeah. Well, the reason why I don't think we need to is it's about to come. Um, we see him, and we figure out that that was happened to Holdor. We see him do it with his uh, son. No, not Sonny. What's the name of Brand's Summer? Summer, right? I was like Sonny's now. Shaggy Dog was the other one, right? Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. To both of them. That's the second time we've mentioned Rickon dying. This, this, uh, this Rick episode. <laughs> well, uh, we we're not going to chalk up his running skills oh. to. to um, Shaggy Dog's death. No, he's Anyways. Also, he's also a dumb kid. Anyways, so we've seen Bran do this. Um, I don't know if this was something, like, I know it was a theory that I had or talked about, somebody explored. Um, I think Bran was the reason why the Mad King went crazy because he warged into him accidentally going through time and, like, fucked something up. And so that's what made him, like, being so, like, all about this. Way back when I was like, oh, there's three dra- I think Bran is going to warg into a dragon. Yeah. And I've heard I don't think it's going to be Drogon or Rhaegal. It's, it's going to be the um, Night King's dragon? Yes. So. That is a very, very fast. I think that's, I think that is my theory. And that's what I'm, I'm pumped about because we get a little bit of Brown. I'm glad that we got Bran at least with, I'm messing up these names because we say Brown and Bran a lot. Uh, I'm glad that Brigley's got Bran saying a bit more. He's just not staying in one area. Yeah. Um, Good to know he's mobile. Yeah, he's mo- it's, it's yeah. old. That's yeah, I know. Got to keep moving, as they say. But he does have this mark that I didn't realize was going to come back at all, which is a huge thing in how he's the memory of uh, you know the world. Mm-hmm. And so that also sort of like puts a bit of a stamp and solidifies that he's probably going to have to survive, right? But how is he going to do that? Because yep. if he's just going to kind of keep jumping, jumping, and jumping around. Um, so I think that's one thing I'm kind of, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about. I'm definitely excited about battling. I'm, I'm excited because it's like they're going to have these tiered battles, just like any sort of action and adventure games. You have like the fodder that they're going to be fighting, which a lot of like weird things. And so you have these super people that's going to be doing like all these crazy things. Then they fight the generals and then the general is going to be the hardest battles. And it's going to be kind of like a back and forth, really big in the Japanese animation and manga, if you can't tell. And so <laughs> you'll have those battles between those generals. Both sides will lose a lot of people. And then ultimately there will be the big battle, right? We saw the Night King and his amazing javelin skills. Like, my oh boy, my here's CJ oh posting those skills. photos. So we've seen the Night King, like, with these crazy javelin skills and, like, d- kill this dragon with one hit. And so what's well, not to say he does that again with these other two dragons? What what did they do? Are these dragons going to have armor on them? Like, what are they going to do to, to um protect these dragons from him because he did that with relative ease. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything that will protect you from those ja- that the way that it punctured Viserion just made it seem like he could have had as much armor as you wanted, it would not have mattered. That's true. Unless maybe Valerian steel armor of some sort would have mattered. There's no more. I know I'm saying like oh. it, the only thing that would have possibly mattered is if we had something like that. Because Valerian Seal can block the ice, like how they, how when John was fighting with that White Walker and it didn't break his sword, it wouldn't have broken through the Valerian Steel plated armor. True. If that were a thing, which there isn't any yeah. more of it. No one knows how to make Valerian Steel anything anymore because it all went with the Doom in Valeria. Damn it. No. Yeah. I, I thought Gendry would be the one to learn, but we don't have enough time. <laughs> I was like, oh, we don't. Have we don't have oh, enough time. okay. Fair, yeah, fair, enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Last, last wrap. Man. All right. Well, what's your last thoughts, CJ? What you got for the episode? Which you... I, I really, so I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I was like whooping, like screaming and hollering, like really, really excited for um, just seeing these, like how these people are going to prove themselves in the upcoming battle. Jamie um, proving himself, 
how maybe Theon proves himself. No TBD, but he definitely seems to be willing to do so. Um, it just seems like a lot of these people are like ready to lay it all on the line, and you know whatever happens happens. So um, really looking forward to next week. It's going to be a crazy episode. Um, I'm I'm just excited. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. I'm kind of nervous. I don't I'm, I don't know if my heart can take next week. Um, I know we talked about in-game. I'm set to see it three times uh, between Thursday and you Sunday. purchased three tickets to see this movie? So I'm set to see it three times for Sunday, and then we get the chance to see Game of Thrones. I don't know why this is not a judging. judging. I'm just going to... Three times? I'm just going to share you my, 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 you know, you know, this is what I do. Um, I'm pretty pumped. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I'm pretty pumped, though. The reason why I'm nervous is because it's, you know, we're now officially in a third of the way through the se- through the season. Um, and I just don't want them to front load, it seems that they are, excuse me, backloading everything. And I'm like, oh, it's just going to be so exhausting. Each one of these episodes is going to be great, but it's going to be like, oh, I want that now. You've already done it. And now I can't wait another fucking week. But we'll see. And so I'm, I'm super pumped, excited. I, I definitely think, though, the big thing that's going to get a lot of buy-in, a lot of pull, is that they have to kill a bunch of people. Yep. And they yep. have to kill some important people. And there is definitely, definitely going to be one or two people that die that's going to make everybody say, oh, shit. I did not see yeah. that coming. Yep. I agree. I agree. We we got to see a lot of people die, and I truly don't think they win this battle. Um, mm. So I, I I'm probably gonna cry next week, but it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. It's okay. I'll hold you. Be good. Great. <laughs> and with that, we are the Down in Front Podcast Last Call Edition. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for joining us. Check out more of our work at downinfrontpodcast.com. We're on Facebook or we're on Twitter. We're just about everywhere that you can find us. We will definitely be posting this up as soon as possible. CJ, Mr. Cuthbert, where can people find more of your work on the internet? You definitely can find me on Twitter at IamCuthbert1. Definitely come chat with me talking about Game who's, of Thrones. Who's this I am Cuthbert? Like, I am, so I am Cuthbert, the non-numeral one, is some dude in Africa, and I'm really pissed. Oh, I'm damn, trying, you and Mocha had I, this, other, this other person I, out there. I, <laughs> I report him weekly <laughs> and hope one day that Twitter will uh, suspend his account and let me have the name. But oh, my God. Until then, I am I am Cuthbert. I want to see if I can one. change my uh, name to I am Warren. I wonder if I can get that. Well... You can't have Ian Cuthbert one, because that's me. Um, come chat with me. Sports, Game of Thrones. Like, come chat. Harry Potter. Harry Yankees, Potter, yeah. Oh, man. The Knicks, the Giants. Let's go. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, we are pumped. We will be back. We will probably see this guy next week. So we'll see you next week for a full episode three. We don't know the title of Game of Thrones. Uh, thanks so much for joining, and we'll see you later. See ya.